0: If you guys can um, can do me a big favor, and uh, let's just stand together as we read first verse and our theme verse for this series. There's something about standing in the presence of royalty, and even though we've stood while we were singing, um, standing when God's word is read, just says something about how we esteem it, how we honor it, how we honor the person of whom we are reading and so let us, let us get into John 16, verse 7. It says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. So let's make this scripture our own today by everybody saying along with me, it is best for me that Jesus went away. It continues to say, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Good news today. Jesus went away. Why? Because that means the Holy Spirit came. Let's take our seats. Come on. Let's take our seats. That means that the Holy Spirit came because Jesus is a man of his word. And since he went to be with the Father and is now seated at the right hand of God in heaven, it means that he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. And so, in this series about the Holy Spirit, we have covered quite a few questions that people might have had. The first one is who is the Holy Spirit? And by the way, you can go and listen to all of our series sermons on our podcast, on our app, the OSC Connect app. You just download, that's your phone. You pick the location of Crowley or you go to listen to messages and you can pick the Crowley one to get the message from this congregation. Well, we covered during the first sermon that the third person, he's the third person of the Trinity. He's not a lesser person. He is literally the third person, but he's not also a third of God. That's the mystery of the Trinity that we get to explain uh, very, <laughs> very often to people, that our God is one, and that the Holy Spirit is fully God. Jesus was fully God, and yet fully man, and the Father is fully God. But they're operating in three persons, and each of them have distinct uh, roles to fulfill in our lives. And right now, the Holy Spirit fulfills the role of Emmanuel. He is currently God with us. And we also saw that he's the agency behind the work of God on earth. He was there in the beginning with creation. He was at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, at the beginning of the church's ministry. He was the one who saved you, who did the actual work of transforming your life out of darkness into light, out of death into life. He's the agency behind the will of God. Jesus accomplishes the will of God but it's the Holy Spirit who enacts it. He is our chief operating officer. And then in week two, we saw that the role of the Holy Spirit is that He is our comforter. He is our counselor, and He is our encourager. And the more of the Holy Spirit interaction we get to experience, the more as Christians we get to walk in comfort, in wise counsel, and in encouragement. I don't know about you, but these days there's a lot of that needed there 's a lot of courage needed, a lot of encouragement needed to walk the Christian life, not just because of the you know the threat that we have in health currently, but just because of you know where society is at it's becoming less and less popular to stand for truth. Things have become more and more relative, and the minute you take a stand for something, all of a sudden you 're being accused of being non tolerant and so it takes courage to keep standing for what we know to be truth. The Holy Spirit is also The one that convicts us of our need for salvation. The Bible says he convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Well, if I can explain that real quick, it's our need for salvation. But righteousness is our identity in Christ, meaning that we've been fully excused of all our wrongdoings. We are now accepted in the beloved. And judgment, meaning that there is a mission, that the world is going to be judged, and we need to do our level best to make sure that people we love go to heaven with us. It's an encouragement and the Holy Spirit come alongside us to empower us to do that as well. Week three, we saw that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate encounter where the Holy Spirit comes on us. Yes, He lives in us at salvation, but there is a need for enablement to live the Christian life. There is a need for power to live the Christian mission. And the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an initial experience where we ask Jesus, who is the baptizer, according to John, I baptize in water, but the one who comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His sandals I'm not worthy to bear. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And we come by faith as Christians who have been born again, baptizing water to confess publicly what we've done, to ask Jesus to baptize us with power to be witnesses and to live a lifestyle that is honoring to Him. And we saw that this is not just a one-off experience, that He is the infilling. the infilling of the Holy Spirit is a continuous filling of the Spirit. As we interact with Him, as we live with Him, and as we pray f- uh, to Him also, we are cont- continuously refreshed and filled with that power to live the Christian lifestyle and to be on mission with Jesus in this world to seek and save the lost. And last week we saw that I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit because it becomes evident in my life. It becomes evident that there's change, that there's fruit, that there is a will to do things different than I did before. I know, it's, I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit when I bear fruit for His glory, to honor God. My whole life becomes a rewire. I am no longer me-centered, but I become centered around Christ and His mission. And so I start turning my family into a Christ Centered entity. I start turning my business into a Christ centered entity. I start turning my social life into a Christ centered interaction. Christ becomes a defining force in everything that I do. I can no longer separate Jesus from any part of my life. I cannot compartmentalize my life. When I'm at work, when I'm offshore, when I'm in my business, yeah, that's fine. I I don't do religion there. No, you cannot do that any longer when you're filled with the Holy Spirit because living water keeps flowing from you, and He just keeps popping up every now and then. That's how it's evident. But it's not evident only in your fruit. It becomes evident in the fact that you are wanting to see other people saved more. You have a burden for the lost to to get them saved, and that is the empowerment of God's Spirit to see more people come to Christ. One of the first things we saw when the Holy Spirit came on the early church was they started preaching the gospel. And yes, they did that in many languages so that all could hear, which shows God's heart. God's heart is for all people. God loves all nations and nationalities. You want to see all ethnicities come into the kingdom of God. But what did they tell those people? All the people were told the gospel of good news, of Jesus Christ dying for their sins. You see change in their disciples' lives. Before they were cowards, now they were boldly proclaiming Christ and holding those who killed Him to account and telling them to repent so that their lives and their souls might be saved. There is a difference that happens in your life when you get baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it starts with a little seed. You ask Jesus, fill me with your spirit, and he complies. He does that. But often we've been so dry that it needs a continuous refreshing and filling until we see that effect happening. And so I want to encourage you to keep asking him for the baptism in the Holy Spirit until you start seeing the evidence of it flowing from your life. And then we see, um, we, we introduced last week that he gives gifts to his children to enable them to live this changed life. And that's what we are going to get into today we're going to get into more of that gift side today because it's week five in our in our series and i want you to notice that we're only getting to the gifts in week five y'all there is so much about the holy spirit that we need to know and care for and acknowledge and invite into our lives before we get to worry about what are these gifts about In fact, the gifts are merely to help us to get all of this into our lives and into the people's lives around us. They're there, as we will see right now, for that purpose. And so once we understand who the Holy Spirit is, what is His role, how do we um, live out the baptism of the Holy Spirit with fruit in our lives? We get to talk about, okay, how does these gifts help us do that? Because that's the purpose of the gifts, they're there to help us do everything that we were called to do as Christians. And so today we're going to talk tackle the topic of the spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they've been misunderstood, misre- misrepresented. And my goal here today is to bring us back to Scripture on how these things look and what they look like. And how they work and how we can uh, participate in them for the benefit of all. So I want to make a statement that I believe to be true because I found this in my own life. I was a dedicated, passionate Christian before um, I went to college. Yes, I, I, was, I backslid, but right there when I, when, I, when I started college ministry, I made a real, real solid decision to follow Jesus Christ. And I did. I served Him faithfully as, as, as good as I could. Um, and then somebody, I went on a mission trip, uh, and uh, in a preparation time before we went actually out, somebody asked me, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And I was like, no, what is that? Much similar to what we saw in Scripture when Paul encountered Christians that he had not known of before. He would ask them, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? As if it was important to Paul that he would know whether these Christians have in fact been filled with the Holy Spirit. And many times he would get the answer, no we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We've been baptized in the baptism of John or we've been baptized in water was the response often. As a sign of our repentance and our faith in Jesus Christ. And he said to them, let us pray. And they would pray and they would lay hands on those people. Sometimes they wouldn't even lay hands on people. Sometimes while they were preaching, the Holy Spirit would just come and he would just fill the people there. And you know that they were filled because Scripture said they were blessing God and they were proclaiming the gospel and they were speaking in tongues through the glory of God. And so we, we see from Scripture this necessity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And um I want to say that a Christian who's not filled with the Holy Spirit is not fully equipped yet for Christian life and mission. It's not fully equipped yet. There was a reason why Jesus said to his disciples, listen here, don't just go out anywhere yet. Go back to Jerusalem and wait on me. Wait on me. You need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit before you're going to be able to do all this that I'm asking you to do. And he was telling them to go and make disciples of the whole earth. Think about that. He was telling those couple of believers, which were, you know, in the small, you know, maybe in the small hundreds right, right at that point, do um, not go anywhere yet. And then there were a couple who obeyed him. And they did go and wait. And they received the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way. And so I want to read us scripture verses from um, the account in scripture that talks mostly and teaches mostly about the the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In, 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 and that's First Corinthians 12 and then First Corinthians 14. So First Corinthians 12 verse 1 says the following, Now concerning spiritual gifts, like he's been talking about a bunch of things, and he's coming to this point and he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. I do not want you to be uninformed. Paul had a desire to teach about this. He had an emphasis on making sure people understood the purpose behind it and how to operate in it. And we're going to get into all that in in, in the next couple of of weeks. So let me just say this, that as the series have unfolded, we've realized that there is just too much to be shared (laughs) within the original plan. And so we've twice kind of, said okay let's add a week and then we, so we're adding another week or so if y'all just keep journeying with us because this is going to bless you immensely once you get this it changes your life and i believe that we are we're we're preaching this message series in a time where yes not everybody is here but it is such a desperate time for us to know the power of the holy spirit and how to walk in closeness and in, 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 you know with an intimacy with him um Especially in a time where sometimes we're isolated. How much better would it be if you're isolated but you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Immensely, immensely, immensely. And so um, many believers aren't informed about the Holy Spirit because people are afraid to talk about Him. And churches are afraid to talk about Him. And I think we've established the fact well in the first couple of sermons that it is not the will of a church, particular denomination or church group that we need to talk about the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus' desire that we would receive the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus' idea to introduce the Holy Spirit. He would walk a journey with his disciples to let them know look, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, I'll send another helper. To walk with you. Jesus was adamant that they would realize that when I leave, somebody's gonna come that you need to interact with, that you need to receive leadership from. Jesus knew the importance of transitioning from physical leadership to spiritual leadership. He knew the importance of being able to have access to Him through His Spirit all across the world where He could only be in one place at one time. And so He knew what He was talking about when He said, It's better for you that I go away. It wasn't just a flippant statement that he made. He knew very well the gravity of that statement. And so it's important that we study about the Holy Spirit, that we understand what is His purpose and His role and how to interact with Him. So <clears throat> it's important to note here that we're not saying that there are dumb Christians and cleverer Christians. No. Everybody has the capacity to learn equally if they open up their hearts to the, Holy Spirit, to, to, to the Word of God. But some are in uninformed and some are resisting. And both of those groups get miss out on the benefit that Jesus intended for every Christian to have. The word spiritual in 1 Corinthians 12 is the word pneumaticos. Pneumatikos. And the word pneumaticos is a Greek word that means empowered by breath or air. Many of us know about pneumatic tools, like, you know, nail guns, in short. (laughs) The nails are driven by air. They're shot out by a gust of air that slides a little sheath of metal across a plain little conduit that knocks each one of those little nails into wood that fixes something onto a place where you need it fixed. That's very precise. It's very accurate. And I think it's so actually a good description of the Holy Spirit. He is accurate. He's precise. He doesn't waste. It's awesome. But He's also powerful. And He's effective. And He makes things happen in our lives. Driven by air. Empowered by air. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are simply the Holy Spirit enabling us to do things accurately, specifically to the benefit of what is going on around us. And so it's literally if God's breath is empowering this, um, this gift. God is behind this gift. He's behind the Holy Spirit. And so we can trust Him. If you trust Jesus, if you trust the Father, you'll trust Jesus. If you trust Jesus, you can trust the Holy Spirit. Um, so, but just to make sure that we understand the scriptures, because there are often reference made to different gifts in the scriptures. I want to just break up three categories of gifts today, and then we're going to talk about three subcategories in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so at the end of the day, this is going to clarify to us where you and I can start engaging the gifts of the Holy Spirit Most. And the easiest place we can start accepting that transition from physical leadership to spiritual leadership that will make the biggest difference in mind your lives right now and the people 's lives around us okay and all of that is going to be supported by scripture. so let me explain to you three different categories of gifts that the Bible talk about. the Bible talks about ministry gifts oh sorry motivational gifts let's start with that The Bible talks about motivational gifts. And we find them in Romans 12. We find them in Romans 12. And, and I think that these gifts are in this list, not even a, an exhaustive list of all the motivational gifts that there are. Because if you study them, you see that these are gifts that were given to people, um, not because they were saved, but because they were made in the image of God. We were graced with certain abilities and talents. Some of us are real practical and handy people. Some of us, you should really not put a hammer in their hands because they might just break something. Probably their own thumb first, and then the other thing that they're trying to hit. All right? But then there are others who are just great at administration. There are people who are just well, well, well able to, uh, you know... To, to know kind of intuitively how things need to work and where we need to go to have success in certain matters. There are people who are just so inclined to service. And you have people who are just naturally Gift givers, and they love just being generous over and above what is ever expected. In fact, they're driven by being generous. Then you have people who are just so merciful and big hearted, and they just care for people in ways that I could never care for people because they have been blessed with a motivation An internal motivation to be like that, to bless people around them with what they've been given, who they've been made to be. And so some of that gets revealed in our personality. Some of it gets revealed in our strengths. And so if you've ever done any of these personality profile tests or strength finders or Enneagram things, these things reveal to us more about our natural motivations, how we were designed how we were designed and what we'll see often and what we also teach during our our, uh, spiritual family class is that, hey, you were designed for a purpose and your design lines up with your destiny. You were made the way you were made because Jesus has a task for you in this life that is going to line up with how you have been made. And so it's so great to understand these motivations that we have. But then there are a different kind of category of gifts. And we also refer to these as offices, ministry offices. So they're the ministry gifts. And Ephesians 4 emphatically states that it's Jesus that blesses the church with these gifts. Jesus gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be teachers, and some to be pastors. And so we see in the body of Christ an array of ministry gifts that are meant to do what? These gifts' purpose is to equip every believer for their work of ministry and every believer to be able to make disciples. That's the job of pastors. So if you ever thought pastors, apostles, prophets, these teachers, these guys, it's their job. It's the evangelist's job to go out and save people. No, it's the evangelist's job to train the whole church how to go out and seek and save the lost. Their job is to equip the saints. My job is not to do your work for you, I cannot be in your business every day. I cannot be in your boardroom. I cannot be with your teammates. I cannot be in your classroom a whole day. You are there as an agent of change for God. And God wants you to bring the kingdom in that space. I cannot go with you where you are, you know, um, trading and, and, and where you are interacting with people. That's you and the Holy Spirit. That's going to empower you, but you also need the knowledge. And that's my job, is to transfer you the knowledge so that you can know how and what and where. And um, same with the apostles, the pastors, the, uh, the prophets, the evangelists, the, 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 the teachers, and the pastors. All of our jobs and, and various differences of these ministry offices are developed, or grown into, and then acknowledged by the church. Like, for instance, Pastor Baba is most definitely an apostle to this area. Pastor Baba was saint here, and that's what the word apostle means. It's a saint one, usually with a task or a message to go into a place and to deliver that message there and to work that message into that area. Pastor Bubba came with a word of righteousness to this area, started in Jennings, expanded to Eunice, now in Crowley, to plant churches that proclaim the gospel of Jesus, freedom from sin and freedom from the law. He was an apostle to this area, and we come under his mantle and under his leadership, and we start living out apostolically. And for those who are inclined apostolically, like myself i am too, we get to participate in that anointing. And we'll talk about anointing in our last Sunday message. Um, and we keep going. We keep planting into more areas of our city, starting life groups in different spaces, getting people from different areas to become involved in this, and then become life giving little pockets of, of, of Jesus' love and, 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 and kingdom in those places. So, for all of you coming from rain, hey, you don't have to constantly refer back to Crowley. You can start being life giving. Pockets of God's kingdom in rain, in Estherwood, in Maxi, in Church Point, in Kaplan. Um, Kaplan. <laughs> I'm getting my, my directions mixed up here. Um, but the bottom line is well, Kaplan's probably that way, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> my compass just hit me. <laughs> okay. But that's the idea, is to reach more and more places with the good news of Jesus that Pastor Baba initially was sent here to come and proclaim. But those ministry offices have that agenda, okay? And, and those are typically full-time positions that, are, that leaders are operating in, and um, they, get, they get appointed for that task. All right, good. Then we come to the Holy Spirit gifts. So you see, you guys have been blessed with so much already. You've been blessed with your motivational or your grace gifts that were just given to you because of how Jesus designed you. And you were that before you got saved. I mean, you didn't get saved and all of a sudden you were just this, you know, this merciful person that just was loving to people. You probably were that. You weren't, you weren't generally saved and all of a sudden then, you know, you became uh, generous. No, you probably were generous. So sometimes people go like, well, why do I need Jesus? I was this before. Well, it's because nothing before Christ actually means anything until you have been forgiven of the great debt that is there. But once that debt is forgiven, all of a sudden those gifts just become beautiful. And they become become like a fragrant offering every time you operate in them to God. And they're glorifying to God because you're operating in the way He designed you to be. Then there's the ministry gifts that you've been blessed with. You've been blessed blessed with leaders that preach the Word of God to you, that teaches you, that counsels, that prays with you, that long suffers with you, that cries with you, that laughs with you. And then we come to today's talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. See the abundance of God's blessing on us, how much He gives us to work with, to be able to live this life in, in, in honor of His great name, but also effectively doing that and um, reaching people. So today we're going to talk specifically about the manifestational gifts, and that's what they're um, referred refer to in the Bible. They manifest because of the Holy Spirit's will and the way He does that. So let's just jump into that so that we can see how that works. Y'all Ready? Good. You still with me? Three categories of gifts. Motivational, everybody has them. Ministry, you're appointed to that. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Manifestational gifts based on our faith, our interaction with the Holy Spirit, our desire to be worked, to be used by that, but also now what we will see Him willing for a particular purpose for a particular time. Let's see how that works. Okay. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So three points. Number one, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant for each of us. Say that. Say this with me. It's meant for me. Come on, let's say that with a little bit more conviction. It's meant for me. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant for each of us. They are good. They should never be feared. They should never be feared. One of the greatest tactics of the enemy is to get us to be suspicious of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. Because it robs us. It robs us blind of an amazing, amazing benefit that God made available through Jesus to us. We shouldn't be ignorant of it. In fact, we should go after it. 1 Corinthians 14 encourages us to desire it, desire spiritual gifts. In fact, in another particular context, speaking of a particular gift, it says, do not forbid the gift of operating, for operating, for for manifesting. Do not forbid it. Allow it, in other words. okay, Because God intends for us to be fully equipped. So 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 It's important to read the first verse of a chapter now and then. Sometimes it links to the the previous chapter, but sometimes it just has a real important introductory note. And this one is like that. Pursue love. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. This is important. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So let me say this, point number two, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are His, okay? The gifts of the Holy Spirit are His, but we're encouraged to pursue and to earnestly desire, pursue love, but earnestly desire to be used by the Holy Spirit in the spiritual gifts. You see the, the, the emphasis there, it's like, like Paul is saying, come on y'all, <laughs> this is going to be good for you, but you need to invite it, so invite it earnestly invited into your life. Um, in jumping back to chapter 12, verse 11, it says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. In other words, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are His. They don't belong to any one Christian. And so I cannot claim any benevolence or any greatness Because of the fact that the Holy Spirit's gifts are operating through me. I cannot. To do that is to go into error. And anybody who has done that are in the flesh. The only thing we can ever have is thankfulness for being used by God in the the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because of His desire to bless people around us and to be a blessing to us. Not of our own goodness. It's of the grace of God. But it does require your invitation and your desire to be used by him. Um, but then you do see that, like sometimes, people start operating more frequently in one particular gift of the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes you have people who are just generally, you know, able to to um, you know bring messages from God that are somewhat of you know a very particular nature that speaks to a specific need that you had that nobody knew of. And in a moment like that, the Holy Spirit empowered that believer to be able to encourage you with a word from God or as the Bible would call it, a prophecy. The gift of a prophetic word. But it brought you so much hope and it brought you so much strength internally to keep trusting in our faith what you're doing. Because it was meant for that moment. But sometimes people become real effective because of their desire and pursuit to operate in these gifts. And then you see it almost looking like it becomes a permanent thing on them. And yet, in a moment, God could still remove that off them. Yet he chooses not to because there are few of them anyways who desire to be used like that. And so he'll use whoever has faith because he's not a respecter of people. He's not. He's purely a respecter of our faith. And so if you have faith for it, he will move through your life in this. And it's not based on your own goodness either. That's the blessing of it all. You don't have to be anybody in this life. And the Holy Spirit can move through you and be a blessing to people around you. Because it's based on God's grace. But sometimes it's occasional. And so sometimes you'll see that there's an array of gifts and you might find yourself as you grow being used more effectively in one or two. But you'll also have the the knowledge now, after this, that all of these gifts are available to us. And if in a moment you feel God speaking to you to be used in a particular gift, for a particular purpose, in a particular moment, you know anyways that this is not of your own strength. And so you can allow God by faith to, just, to, 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 to do that through you and be a blessing in a moment where it might be so greatly needed. And in that way, we become great um, models of God's love to people, and we become effective in ministry. Okay, so um, last point that before we go into into the um, the, the different thanks, baby, <laughs> I love you. Before we go into the different categories of the gifts, or the the third point is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the common good. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the common good. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Sorry about that. So Galatians 6 verse 10 says this. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the household of faith. We should do good to everyone. Now, that means that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not purely for the church. It's not just for you and us and when we're with one another to be a blessing to one another no it's actually meant for us to also show God's goodness to people that are not saved yet in order for them to discover God's goodness so that they might be saved as well you see God wants to move through your life to show your the goodness of God through your life to your neighbor to your colleague to your teammate to your schoolmate so that they will know that Jesus loves them too And that the doubt might be removed from their minds so that they might become alive in Christ as well. God wants to use each and every one of us like that. And so when we have the opportunity to do so, we should have the desire to do so to everybody. So that the lost may be found. So that the church can become missional and intimate with God. And so that our everyday lives can become Christ-centered. Everything can become like from Jesus. Now, sometimes people are like, "Man, you know, how do I? How do I? What do you mean by that? You know, when I'm at my work, you know, when I'm when I'm pouring concrete, I'm not thinking about Jesus. I know, I know, but your character will speak louder than your words at that point." When something goes wrong and you're able to keep it together and not break out cussing. When something goes wrong and you're able to calm people around you down and tell them, Hey, it's going to be okay. We'll find a solution. When things go wrong and you're able to stand, that's when your character shines through. And that's where you become a Christ model to your workplace. And when people do ask you, man, how do you keep it together? You don't go, oh, you know, it's just because I'm so legit. No, no. In that moment, you go, because of Jesus in my life, brother. And that's the moment, that's your moment right there. That you should not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But so often we are. And we just go, oh, you know, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to make it. Try to fake humility yourself out of that thing. Come on now. That's where the Holy Spirit empowers you and gives you boldness to say, you know what? I could not do this on my own. It's because Jesus are alive in the inside of me. And he takes over in moments like that. Because if it was up to me, I'd be right there, you know, along with everybody, negative about everything. That's your moment. Don't miss those moments. They're given so that you can do good to people around you. They're there for you to glorify your Lord. And man, I just love it when those moments come and you do that you'll experience a joy on the inside of your heart that is unexplainable. When you've honored your father <laughs> in front of men, something on the inside of you starts breaking open and just you become somebody else. It's awesome. I'm encouraging you, don't miss those moments. But we need the Holy Spirit so that we don't flinch in those moments, so that we're bold in those moments. Because if he doesn't take over, then it is up to you, and I've failed many a time in moments like that because I wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to to walk and uh, to, to, to to work through me. So we want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want them to be powerful in our lives. We want them to be powerful through our lives to be a blessing to other people. So let's talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit because the Scripture lists nine, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they can be d- they divided into. Th- Three different types of gifts. Some are discerning gifts. They help you discern matters. Some are declarative gifts. In other words, through them, you make stuff known to people that they could not have. You say things. You have a message for people. And then some are called dynamic gifts. They make stuff happen that otherwise would not have happened. But because you were in that moment trusting God and you enacted God's will in that minute, moment it did happen and his will took place right let's jump into the first three because we're only going to have time today to get into the first three and we'll get into the next six next week is that okay with you Okay. i know this feels a little like like information overload but you know what once you understand where this hits your life you become powerful every day of your life as a Christian. You don't have to survive the week until Sunday. You get to be a force of advancement of God's kingdom every day. And that's my desire for us as a church family is that we will thrive Monday to Saturday and celebrate on Sunday. And if you come here and you're tired and you're, and you're down and you've been defeated, that's okay. You're welcome. You came to the right place. But by God, if we do not lift you up in this place and we do not give you hope and send you back out and say, come on, get on that bike and ride again, then we're not doing our job. Yes, we'll cry with everybody. Yes, we'll, we'll counsel anybody. But this is a place of victory. And we need to step into that and we want to help you and journey with you until you're able to step into that. But I'm going to see a victory. And I want to lead us to see victory in our church and in our community. Because that's what Jesus died for, y'all. And we don't want to sell ourselves short by settling for anything less than Jesus' victory in our community. This place needs God, needs the Holy Spirit. But you know what? It needs an activated church. It needs a church that will go beyond just the Monday normal going and coming. It needs a people who love Jesus passionately and is willing to represent Him out there Monday to Saturday. And that's what we are. That's what we've always been. That's what this church has always been. And we need, to, we need to now trust the Holy Spirit that He will empower us even more to be even more effective in that way. Our heart is there. Our desire is there. He's bringing the empowerment now to make that happen more effectively in our area. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are such, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. Be careful to say a word of knowledge. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit is not knowledge. Knowledge you can get from books, but the word of knowledge that God gives for a particular moment cannot be, get gotten from, cannot be cannot be received out of a book. You cannot study it. And we'll see right now that it is a supernatural occurrence. It's not of knowledge, but it is. A, it's not from knowledge, but it has knowledge of a particular situation. So it's a word of knowledge. The gift is a word of knowledge that you receive. The gift is a word of wisdom that you receive. Careful, it's not wisdom. You can gain a lot of wisdom through experience, but you cannot get this wisdom through experience. Because it's not wisdom, it is a word of particular wisdom for a particular situation that brings a breakthrough. And then the third one, of the discerning gifts is the discerning of spirits. Note carefully, it's not discernment. (laughs) It is the discerning of spirits, and we'll get into what that means in a minute. And then the gifts we'll get into uh, next week is the declarative gifts, talking about prophecy, tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and then the dynamic gifts, the gift of faith, the gifts of healing and working of miracles. Dynamic gifts that are real interventions that take place. So let's today just jump for the last couple of minutes into these different gifts. The gift of a word of knowledge is to know something specific about somebody's past that you could not have learned by natural means. To know something specific of somebody's past that is relevant to their current life that you could not have obtained through natural means. In other words, you'll be sitting and standing with somebody and last week I was standing in that aisle and was praying over somebody two weeks ago and as I, started, as I started to talk to her, I just suddenly knew something about her life. She'd never told me that. She'd never told me her story, but I just knew and I said, I said to her, you've been, you've, you've been held down all your life, haven't you? It's like people have been trying to calm you down all your life, haven't they? It's like you've been hemmed in and you've been told, cool down all your life, hasn't it? Haven't you? And man, she just became overwhelmed with the presence of God in that moment. Just like, that's exactly. I said to her, God, is, God wants to break you free from that. God wants to loosen you and set you free. He wants to activate you. God is not saying to you, calm down. God is saying to you, get going. In that moment, God just blessed her. You see, how I could never know, know that. But in that moment, for her benefit, God gave me a word of knowledge about her life that I could not have known by natural means. And that was a blessing to her. Now, God wants to do that for each and every one of us. If you desire it, God will start working on your life for that, for that purpose. But let's get into what Scripture says about this. In John 4, verse 16 to 19, Jesus got a word of knowledge about the lady at the well. So we all know the story of the lady at the well, right? lady comes give jesus asks, can i give you water she's like um you know uh, why do you a jew talk to me you know blah 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 and then jesus knows about all her past it's like you know i'm not married yes you're not married right now but you've had five husbands and the one you're with now you're also not married too and like and she's like this guy read my mail No, he received a word of knowledge from God about her life that would open her up to receive the next thing that was going to say. If you would ask me, you would ask for a drink that you would satisfy you completely, that you would never grow thirsty off again. And she went back into town and she just led a little revival in her town because of that one encounter with Jesus. The word of wisdom is a divine answer or solution for a particular event or situation pertaining to your future, but that's relevant for your, for, for, for your current situation. So the gift of knowledge is about a person's past and how it's relevant today. Gift of wisdom is for a person's future that is relevant today. A particular answer that they've been waiting for or a solution to a problem that they're facing. Let's see how in Scripture a gift of wisdom um, took place. So when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream, about the seven years of famine and the seven years of, 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 of abundance and then after that seven years of famine. God, that was, that was a um, God revealing to Joseph what the Lord spoke to Pharaoh Pharaoh in his past. The immediate past, but the past. A word of knowledge. He knew what Pharaoh dreamt and then he told Pharaoh, and then look, Pharaoh said to him, explain to me what I dreamt, but I'm not even going to tell you what I dreamt, right? So just jo- as to test Joseph really bad. So Joseph did. He revealed to him what he dreamed, and he, and, he, and he said to him what it meant. Joseph didn't have to give him advice after that. He, fulfilly, he fulfilled, you know, he fulfilled the obligation. Tell me what I dreamt. He told him, even when a stepped further, and he told him what it meant too. The request was not, what should I do about this? No, just tell me what I dreamt. But Joseph, knowing why God gave that gift to Pharaoh, knew that the gift of knowledge, was, word of knowledge was given to him to open up his heart to what needs to come next, which was a message from God, an encouragement from God, or an or, or a assignment from God. You see how that works? And so Joseph goes and he gets a word of wisdom. For Pharaoh. And this is how you ought to do. You save a fifth of whatever comes in the next seven years. And that'll be enough to carry you through the seven years that comes after that. A particular solution to a particular instance that led to, that led to salvation. Led to the salvation of those people and the people around them. In 2 Kings 3, um, Elijah gets a word of wisdom about a drought that's been happening. And God said that I'm going to send rain and there's going to be a flood of water that crosses over this plain. So go onto this plain and go and dig ditches, dig deep pits. For if the water comes over, they will fill up the pits and Israel will have water for a long time. A word of wisdom. God sent the rain. Well, Elijah went out, told the people, dig pits. God did send the rain. Israel was saved. Water came. A little closer. New Testament Acts twenty seven. Paul is on the way to, on his way to Rome. He's on a ship. The ship encounters bad weather, loses control, and Paul the, the the guys are trying. They want to jump ship. So Paul says to the centurion and to the soldiers, "Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved." Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship of the boat to let it go. Um, As the day was about to dawn, Paul urged them to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you've continued in suspense without food, having taken nothing. Therefore I urge you, take some food, for it will give you strength, for it is for your deliverance, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. Paul receives a word of wisdom about what's about to happen, and he tells them what to do. Brings them instruction from God. First, he says to the centurion, if these guys bail in that little ship, they'll die. Tell them to stay. So they let the little safety boat go. They don't eat. Paul says to them, listen, eat. You're going to need your strength. What happens? Shortly after that, the ship goes uh, and they need to swim to shore. Imagine not having eaten for 14 days and in rough waters, you have to swim to shore. They would have died. Paul knew that they needed the strength. He gave them instruction, a specific word for a solution for a specific moment. And not one of them died, the Bible says. Not one of them died. And then the last, last one uh, of, the, um, of the discerning gifts is the discernment of discerning of spirits. And this is to be made aware of the presence or the intention of a demonic spirit. And so God wants to protect us from going into things that are demonically motivated. Sometimes we could even find ourselves in front of something that looks great, but it was the devil that set it up to harm us. And if we can, if in those moments, the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says to us, don't do this. It looks good on the outside, but what's behind it is not of me. It's not of me. I've had people wanting to step into business deals that looked so good on the front end, but the Holy Spirit stopped them, saying, "This is not of me. Don't do it." And they didn't do it because they wanted to be obedient. But just a short while after, that thing went went haywire. That thing went went completely, and they would have been broken by that thing. But God protected them because they knew that the origin behind or the, the motivation behind that thing wasn't of God. That's the discernment of spirits. And also in Scripture, in Acts 16, sometimes something looks real good, and it can even be truthful. Listen here. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was a demon. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting the truth. These men are the servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Truth. Perfect truth. But not from God. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. And then they came into trouble. Because all of a sudden their golden goose was infertile. No longer laying no golden eggs. And they were then persecuted for delivering that young lady of that demon that had controlled her. But they were given the discernment of spirits, knowing that, yes, this thing is talking the truth, but this thing is not, its intentions are not of God. It does not have God's uh, will uh, uh, behind it. And so after a while, they were just like, stop, stop. You have ulterior motives that are not of God. It's the same way that what happened when Ananias and Sapphira came, um, and they lied about their giving. So somebody gave, sold, sold a, a piece of property, brought the money, said, hey, this is the money I got from the property. Um, and Ananias and Sapphira thought, wow, that's great. So they sold property. They brought half the money of the property. But they gave it as if it was the full amount. So they lied. It wasn't the fact that they gave only half. It was the fact that they lied about not giving half. They said and pretended, no, this was all of it. But Paul was given a discernment of spirits and knew that that wasn't the motivation behind God. It wasn't motivation of God. So God wants to protect us through that gift. So Sometimes all this information can really overwhelm us. But it's important for us to at least learn this once properly. Because after that, we go away thinking, Lord, how can I be a blessing to people around me through these gifts? How can I work with your Holy Spirit in partnership with your Holy Spirit to bring your kingdom into my life, into my area, uh, into my workplace, etc. And so, During this time, we've been praying over people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we want to create a moment now where, again, we're going to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit right after the service. And we want to encourage you. If not today, then we're going to spend a couple of more weeks on this. But get ready. Do your studying. Come to your conviction and invite the Holy Spirit. Invite Jesus to baptize you in His Spirit. Because as you do, it opens your life up to the possibility of being used by God in these very glorious ways in our society. It opens you up to a benefit of being led by the Holy Spirit in ways that you could never have done before. God really wants each and every one of us to receive this blessing. And so my job is to present it and to offer it like scripture does and for each of us to respond to it so let's all stand today as we end our service here and we're going to get into the other gifts in the following weeks to come but just think about how awesome it is to be able to speak into somebody's life something that they really really needed to hear at that moment how awesome it is when somebody have done that for you And let's ask God to empower us with these gifts to go out and be a blessing to people around us and to minister His love to people around us. Remember, this is not just for the saved. In fact, the Bible is clear that this becomes a way through which the lost realize that God is real. It's not the only way, but it is a definite way. It's a sign unto the lost that God is here and that God is real that God wants to have interaction with them as well. So let's all pray. Let's all just close our eyes for a little bit. I want to ask you to respond to something. Um, and, and it's simply this. If you're willing to, to start opening up your heart to God, you just want to acknowledge today, Lord, I'm open for you to lead me to wherever your will leads me. Not my will, but yours be done in my life. I want you to raise your hands to God. And just acknowledge before Him an open heart, a willing heart to be led where He wants you to go. That is revealed to us in Scripture. Lord God, you see each and every hand here in front of you. They represent hearts, Lord, that are open to your leadership. Holy Spirit, won't you take lead in their lives and meet with them, Lord. Speak to them, Lord God. During this week, Father, won't you draw on them? Won't you call them, Holy Spirit? Call them into a private moment with you. Call them into a quiet moment with you where you can tell them how much you love them. Where you can reveal to them what you've created them for. The great plans that you have destined for them, Lord God. That you can encourage them, Lord, to step up and step out in faith to receive you and be filled with you and be empowered by you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for a spirit of of just a desire, Lord, just a a hunger for more of You to be birthed in all of our hearts that we might know that there is always more in You and to You that we can experience and we can grow in. And that, Lord God, we will pursue You. We will pursue You, Lord. We will pursue everything You have for us, Lord God. We ask that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen, amen.